Hey y'all, it is your girl Miss Yak back with another episode of Girl Talk with Miss Yak. And you know, back in January, I took some boudoir pictures, but I my pictures have nothing on my next guest's artwork coming up. So without further ado, I have Miss Caitlin on here and she's gonna talk about her business with boudoir photography. Hey. Hello. Hi, how are you? Lovely, lovely. I love now, that. I have been following you on Instagram for like over a year now, at least. Oh my gosh, get out. I love that. Yes. I love your work. Oh my gosh. That makes my heart so happy. I um, I sort of feel like I have a dream job. Like I get to just help humans feel confident and sexy in their skin. So when somebody has been following me for a while, I always feel just like so honored. There's a million of us, right? And it's always right. somebody goes, I've been following you for a while. I'm always like, oh, thanks. I mean, because your work is just, it's different. It's not like your typical boudoir photography. Right. And that's intentional. Um, I started this company because I was a photographer that did a little bit of everything. I did weddings, events, headshots, real estate. And the common theme was how much everybody hated their body. And it was always like, you're going to Photoshop me. You're going to make me look thinner or younger. And so I needed to create a space where all humans could feel seen. And there wasn't this expectation that like every other boudoir photographer you see, it's very thin, very white. It's very like one note. Yeah. For me, I think all bodies are beautiful. I think all humans should have access to these kind of photos. And there wasn't a space. People weren't creating space for that. So it was a very intentional move that I, I needed to create a safe space for everyone. And that's just genius. Because I also noticed that you not only do women, you also do men as well. I do. Yep. Um, gender should not be the deciding factor on sexy images, right? So men, uh, gender fluid individuals, uh, masculine presenting individuals should all have access because some of the some of the people that are the most self-conscious are the people that we sort of look past like oh you're you live in a male body you shouldn't have insecurities right, right. or you shouldn't you should already feel sexy and why do, where did that conversation start so for me that gender shouldn't be a deciding factor at all anybody should is welcome here that is awesome like what was your journey to get to that realization or have you always been that way um I definitely haven't. I've always thought other bodies were beautiful. Um, but my whole life I've dealt with um, some disordered eating. I had major body dysmorphia. Um, and through high school, I was battling some pretty big demons. And it was just my way of controlling. I was in just kind of that transition in life where I had been plus size or tall my whole life. And I always just felt like I never really fit in. And the only way I could validate that was by becoming smaller, living in a smaller body. And it was then outwardly rewarded with, oh, my gosh, you look so good. What have you been doing? And in reality, right. it's really, really unhealthy. And so for me, the second I started to realize that, like, the worth of me is not determined by my external form is when I started seeing even more beauty in everything around me and going, oh, my gosh, they are not only smart, intelligent, uh, a badass in their business, but they also are stunning in their own right. You know what I mean? So for me, it yeah. just was like the continued validation of my worth is not determined by my exterior. And I want everyone to feel that. That is awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Now, boudoir photography is not like your typical photography. So you've got people that are in there like, you know, half naked. Some are actually naked. Full naked. I mean, okay, it's one thing to be comfortable in your own skin, but to be comfortable in your own skin in front of somebody else. 
Absolutely it's different. It's so, totally I mean, different. Yep. How do you help your clients get comfortable? Oh God, I'm just a total spaz. Like the person that you see online is the person that you walk into. So like they know that I'm goofy. I sweat a lot. We're going to laugh really hard. I'm going to fall on the curtains. Like I just, I can't tell you from my left and my rights. Like I just, the whole time, like we laugh and we joke. Uh, and for me, our bodies, uh, our bodies can do really amazing things, but I let the client dictate where, where their comfort level is. So we start the conversation the second they walk in before we try on a single piece of my wardrobe. The conversation starts with, today we meet you where you are. Do not do anything that makes you feel squiggly. Do not do anything that makes you feel uncomfortable. I meet you where you are in your journey. And then we go from there. And I go, wow. this space is yours to walk around butt naked if you want. Or if you're somebody who wants to change in the bathroom, help yourself. You can come into my office. We can shut the doors. You can go into the back. And I give them that permission just to be 100% themselves. And for me, that's where the magic starts because they immediately go, oh, my gosh. Not only is she all about consent, but she's also about meeting me where I am. And I don't have to do anything that makes me feel uncomfortable. That is awesome. Yeah. That is I think so super awesome. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So how long have you been doing this? So uh, I have had a camera in my hand since I was four. My parents bought me oh. a little screen shoot camera at four. Uh, and my mom just unearthed the photos that she had from that. Uh, we were at the San Diego Zoo, and they're all from, like, knee height. Oh. <laughs> So it's like huge fences and then little giraffes in the back. Like it's really cute. But I started photography part-time um, in 2012. My dad passed unexpectedly uh, at 56 and he uh, actually passed from a blood clot. So it was like totally unexpected. And we had just scheduled our first family shoot in like a decade for me, him and my brother. And so I bought my first professional camera, like my big girl camera with his life insurance in 2012. And then I shot part-time from 12 until about 16. And then April uh, of 2016, I started full-time. So oh, Wow. So, yeah. I mean, it really hasn't been that long. No, no, not at all. In the big scheme of things, uh, it really hasn't. So it'll be, what, six years? 12, 16, five. Yeah. 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 So in the big grand scheme of things, full-time, not, not very long, no. Wow, that is amazing. Now, I've always kind of wanted to dabble in photography, but I've just never had the time to, right. to do it. And yeah. like my daughter right now, her thing is she's she's asking for a camera for Christmas. Yes, yes. <laughs> Get her one. How old is she? 14. Get her one. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I think photography is really cool because it allows somebody who has a creative brain, but not like the creative ability. Like I'm not an artist. I th I say that all the time. Like I can't take a pad of paper and a, a paintbrush and make art. Right. But what I do is art and it allows photography allows someone's expression of how they see the world to literally show you the way that they see the world. So like I, for me, I think it's just an extension of their brain. And so if you have a young child or a daughter specifically who wants to dabble in something like that, it's a beautiful insight to what they, how they see the world. And I think it just enhances that. So I'm a big proponent. If they ask for a camera, get them one. That is awesome. I never thought of it that way as being, you know, like 
you know, just kind of like the, the tool that they use instead of a, a pen and, you yeah. know, paper, it's the, the camera is the tool they're using to be artistic and creative and whatnot. Yeah. Never thought of it that way. That's very yeah. interesting. And honestly, digital media now is such that like, it's totally accessible. You're not paying for, um, you know, film to be developed and all of that stuff. They, they have immediate gratification of, I have a digital file that I can take in and I can work on editing and I can process and I can do all those right. things. And to me, that's really dope. So uh, worst case, I mean, just use your phone. We can shoot raw on our cameras now. So like, even if you don't get her an actual camera, just get her some courses or classes on how to take like raw images via your phone and then let her dabble there. Get her a subscription to, you know, the Lightrooms or the Photoshops okay. or whatever. It's like 10 bucks a month uh, and allow her to just kind of dabble. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. So it's the, the Lightrooms? So um, Adobe is where I process all my images through. Everybody has their own processing, but um, I actually use Lightroom. And it's a uh, photo editing software that you can basically take your images into and work on and edit and fix light. Oh. And, yeah. So. Okay. Uh, okay. Because yeah. I have an Adobe account, but I haven't dabbled in that one. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just pop it open. Um, there's all sorts of free resources online. YouTube is great for like learning how to use it. So, yeah, there's a ton of options for sure. Oh, definitely. I, I call it YouTube University. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, let me tell you, it's how I started my company. I get it. <laughs> right. I mean, you can find everything on YouTube. Yeah. Like, between Google and YouTube, there's like no excuse to say I don't know anything. Thank you. There is no excuse. None. Okay. None, <laughs> None whatsoever. Yeah. Now, I noticed, you know, when the pandemic hit, you were still working and you shifted over to like virtual boudoir photography. I did. I did. So um, I had to pivot just like everybody else. I opened my studio that I'm sitting in now uh, in January of 2020. So I was open, doors open from January to March 17th. And then I didn't get to open again until July. So oh. I had to figure out how to pay my rent at my apartment, my mortgage that I had a house in Myrtle Beach that was not occupied and my space here. So I had three, basically three payments that I was having to make. So, and no money was coming in and I was like, okay, well, what can I do? And there was this kind of like under rumbling of photographers starting to use like Zoom and FaceTime for um, virtual sessions. And I 100% jumped all the way in um, I offered them at basically what the client wanted to pay, what they thought it was worth. And I made enough money that I was able to then make a huge donation to a local shelter, a women's shelter. Um, oh, wow. yeah. So like we made a $1,500, um, donation to our local women's shelter for, um, like domestic violence because obviously they were trapped. So like a lot of women and families were trying to find an out and a way to get safe. Yeah. So we, we were actually able to not only generate enough income that I could support myself, but we were able to make a huge donation. So it was a really, and I worked with like 156 people from all over the world. That's like it, amazing. Like it was really dope. Uh, and I got really lucky. I had a platform to do so. So I got really lucky, but it was a lot of fun. It was that a lot is amazing. Yeah. So, okay. So explain, you know, for the listeners, exactly how does virtual photography work? So there's a whole bunch of ways that you can do it. Um, if you are on FaceTime, 
this might get me in trouble. I don't know if this is like a copyrighted thing or what the deal is, but uh, on FaceTime, <laughs> there is a way to take a photo while somebody's talking and it uses their phone camera. Like, I don't know if that's like knowledge that everybody has, but when you <laughs> are on FaceTime, there's a little dot down in the bottom and it's actual like a camera button. If you okay. click that, it uses that person's camera and then it puts it on your phone. Uh, oh, and then, wow. And then we take those photos and we edit. So what we would do is I would go through my normal spiel of like what to expect, the things I don't do, I don't body alter, I don't, you know, all of that. And then we talked about tips and tricks for posing because we used their back camera on their phone. So they yes. couldn't see me. They could only hear me. And I would just like shout posing. Okay, arch your back, point your toes. Uh, <laughs> put, your, put your left hand in your hair. And then I would literally take screenshots while we did Oh, it. wow. And then I edited those, like I edit everything else, and then delivered those to the client. The other option and the other way that you could do it, if somebody did not have an iPhone, we would use um, Zoom. And basically, I would just pose them and I would take screenshots on my computer. And then oh I would grab my goodness. Edit them. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really That's cool. insane. So like, if you have a homegirl that you're like, hey, I want some sexy photos, but I don't really know how to pose myself or whatever, hop on a FaceTime call, have her pose you, let her take photos, and then edit them. That like it's is so, insane. It's so much fun. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. It's so and much. I mean, in addition, I mean, yeah, it, it kind of, you know, saved you in the clutch during the pandemic, but now it could be a secondary service even outside the pandemic. And I offered them until about two weeks ago. Um, I just don't have time right now this time of year to take them because they are a little time consuming. Um, and through Christmas, I just get inundated with people that are trying to have Christmas presents done and stuff, stuff like that. So I, I paused them. I will probably pick them up again. But um, yeah, so I offered those as a service for like a year and change. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. That was is amazing. Fun. Yeah. So is, is boudoir photography the only type of photography that you do or do you dabble in any other types? No. Um, I stopped taking anything besides boudoir in 2000, the end of 17, beginning of 18. Um, so I don't do weddings. I don't do events. I don't do headshots. I don't really do anything. I will say that like if somebody goes, hey, um, my family is wanting a Christmas card and there's somebody I've worked with before, I will occasionally make that happen. Like I have a shoot tomorrow. That's like a Christmas card, but it has to be somebody I've worked with and has to be somebody I love because I just, other photography brings me so much anxiety. Like I just don't look oh, forward yeah. to it. Really? Yeah. And people always ask, I have photographers that are starting out and they're like, should I try and niche down right away? And I'm like, okay, but do you know what brings you joy yet? Have you shot enough to know what brings you joy and what brings you the Sunday scaries? If you have the Sunday scaries before a shoot, it means that type of photography is not for you. Like I used to get so anxious about headshots. Oh, headshots I thought were the worst, right? And every time I had a session, I would like dread it. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. And then I wake up the next morning and I would stress that my lighting wasn't going to work or blah, right? Right. A boudoir shoot, I'm like, I get to go to work today. I get to like play dress up for a couple hours. Like I don't have that anymore. And I always say that's where you know you're going to be like in your sweet spot is when you have that. Because it is, you know, it is important, especially in photography to niche down. You can't do everything perfect, right? So like find, find the thing that makes you happy. 
That is awesome. You know, I never, I, I didn't, never thought of that. Because most photographers that I've run into, they do like a variety of different ones. But that makes sense. Now that you put it in that, you know, that light, like, you know, hmm, that's, that's yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I always put it in the perspective of like, uh, if you had the option to go to a vet who worked on humans or, or a human that only worked on humans, what would you choose? Like you wouldn't choose the person that works on animals and humans. You're going to go to the person who specializes in stomach issues or what, right? So like for me, if somebody's going to spend and invest on themselves in a boudoir context, I would want to invest with somebody who only does that. Like there's no question in your brain that they know the poses, they know the lighting, they know how bodies are going to look like, I don't want somebody who poses somebody twice a month for boudoir. I would rather go to somebody who knows every day this is what they're doing. You know what I mean? And right. that's not you. That's that sounded really cocky. I apologize for that. Attention. Uh, <laughs> there are a lot of very good photographers who do boudoir part time that I 100% support and love and like would go see. But if I have the choice as a consumer, I would rather go to somebody who's niche down. If that makes sense. That does. It makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. So when you do your boudoir photography, do they always come to you or do you go, do you go on location? Both, both. Um, so I occasionally do adventure sessions where somebody goes, Hey, um, I have this really dope Airbnb in Asheville that I want to shoot in. I go, okay, let's, let's talk about it. We look at light. We look at the location. We look at all of that. Okay. Uh, and then I will go to them. There is, um, it's very different in regards to the experience because in studio you're getting access to the wardrobe, my whole studio space, right. uh, hair and makeup. Like there's all of that. Adventure sessions are literally just like on location shoots with you and your human or you, and you have to provide everything. So wardrobe, hair and makeup, all of that. Got you. But yeah, I definitely, I do both. So. Oh, that is awesome. So, okay. So if somebody were to say, you know what? Oh my goodness. I love your, your stuff. What's the farthest you would ever go for a location shoot? Uh, let's see. I've gone as far as California. Uh, when I was doing weddings, I shot a wedding in Australia. Oh, wow. So like there, and they were family friends, but I mean, we went there for their wedding so I could shoot it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Pretty much That's anywhere. Amazing. Yep. Have camera, we'll travel. <laughs> I just came this year alone. I've done Mexico twice and Turks and Caicos. So like. Oh, okay. So, hey, it's, it's nothing but a thing, huh? And honestly, like that's the client's preference. If that's what they want, that's what they're going to, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's what they are paying me for is they want my service, but in a location that they want. So I, I got no shame in that game. You know what I mean? Wow, that is amazing. And I mean, it's, it's a blessing for that you're able to have, be, have that much flexibility to do that because not all photographers are able to, you know, just get up and, you know, travel like that. So that is a blessing in itself. Well, I ain't got no man. I ain't got no kids. I got a dog. I got to keep alive. <laughs> that is your baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, so, uh, right. Oh, that's your baby. Your baby's got to eat. <laughs> <laughs> and if that means I got to fly somewhere to do so, then that means I got to fly somewhere to do so. So, yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my yeah. goodness. So like, okay. So, and then, you know, photographing, you know, people of different shapes and sizes and whatnot. So like, cause like my, I know for myself anyway. 
So I'm a little thicker than I would like to be. Okay. And, and so like, for example, when I did my photography, my blue drop photography, because my, my boyfriend's a photographer as well. Love it. Love so it. He's, he's trying to get into boudoir photography. So he did, he did a pretty good job last year. He did. Yeah. Um, but, you know, then there's, there's some ones I'm like, I don't know about that one. <laughs> because, you know, I am my worst critic and whatnot. Yeah. So when it comes to, you know, photographing plus size women, because you have, it's, it, there's spectrums. Because you have some women that are like um, big and voluptuous and not, you know, they'll, they're proud of it. Uh-huh. And then you have others that are like, mm, can you hide this? Can you... <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that will go into your different like positioning and lighting. Well, I will tell you this. I'll tell you a couple of things. First off, I am not about toxic positivity in the studio. Um, I listen to Brene Brown a lot and she always talks about the gremlins that live in the dark. Right. And they fester and they grow. Uh, the only way that we start to heal those gremlins is by pulling them out of the dark and seeing them. Right. And like acknowledging that they're there. So. My, I always ask my clients, what is the favorite thing on your body? And what is something that you're learning to love? I don't okay. use words like, what don't you like on your body? Because we can learn to love everything. And I say love, you have to get to acceptance and tolerance before you can get to love. So people go, oh, I go from hating my body to loving my body. That's not how it works, right? You have to climb up this hill and push your rock up the hill to tolerance. And then from tolerance, if you decide, oh gosh, I could really learn to love my tummy cool. But you just have to get to like neutrality first. Mm -hmm. So I always ask, what are you learning to love? And then I follow that up with, I am, this is not a studio where I'm going to hide any part of your body, but I will not hyper focus on something that you're learning to love. So if you don't love your tummy, I'm not going to take close up shots of just your tongue with your hands on it. Right. We are going to show you what your body looks like in all of the photos. They're not, you're not just going to get lips or hair or lashes or toes or whatever. You're going to see a lot of your body in a lot of these photos, but we're not going to hyper-focus on one thing. So for me, I don't have specific poses for specific body types. The only determining factor on what a pose should or should not do is the person's ability. So if somebody is not able to arch their back, we're not going to do a whole bunch of arching we're going to modify. We're going to use pillows. We're going to use props. We're going to do things like that. So there are no specific poses for me for specific body types. And I think for a lot of people, that's really freeing because especially plus size women, we're taught to like hide the things that we don't love. But how do you ever learn to tolerate those if you never see them? If we spend our whole lives hiding them, because that's what society told us to do. How do you ever get to the point of like, Okay, that's my tummy. That's what it looks like. It's going to change. It's going to look different tomorrow, but this is what it looks like today. Right. And just getting to that point of neutrality where you aren't hyper focused on your body all the time or what people think about it and allow all the other awesome things in your life to flourish. So like for me, posing is not specific to a body type. Posing is specific to their ability, what feels good in their body. I love that. That makes I love that. That is that's beautiful. I, I love that. Because, oh. um, yeah, I've always been, you know, because I actually I, I worked for a company a few years, a few years back. Uh, that's a, a modeling type company. We teach children how to pose and whatnot. And that's a, a big thing, you know, how to pose and whatnot. And but you you're taught to do certain things according to your body type and and whatnot. So that I, I love that. That is. But again, awesome. that goes back into ableism, like. You're basically saying that your body can't do it or it doesn't look good on your body. So you're not worthy of that. Yeah. Pardon my language, but what the actual F like, (laughs) 
It's ridiculous because especially, especially because we're teaching our young girls and our young boys that if you are on the plus size spectrum, you need to turn sideways or push your hips back to make yourself look smaller. You're then reiterating the fact that a smaller body is a more worthy body mm. and that their worth is determined by the size of their body and then how it's perceived by the world. We're not focusing on them as a human. We're focusing on their external appearance. And that is super fucking dangerous. I don't know if we're allowed to cuss, but like that's, that's really fine. <laughs> sorry. I get really <laughs> passionate about this because, you know, our society tells us that there is a very specific body type that is worthy of being heard, being valued, being cherished, having better jobs, all of that stuff. Right. And it's that's just not how it should be. And we start that through photography. We start that through representation. We start that by showing that all bodies are worthy of all poses. So for me, it's just kind of a snowball, just like rolling down the hill. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That is, I'm, I'm so glad I had you on, on today. <laughs> I'm very thankful that you did. I, I love stuff like this because I feel like everybody asks different questions and I always love them. And sometimes if it just, if one person hears this and one person goes, holy crud, I've been telling my daughter to do X, Y, and Z. And they can stop that domino effect and they can be that chain that breaks yeah. from generation to generation. We've done our job and that's freaking awesome. You know I, what I mean? I definitely agree with that because I know for myself growing up, I was always made self-conscious about my size yes. growing up. And I was compared to my sister who was always skinny mini, mm -hmm. you know? And so with my daughter, I've, I've always made it a point of never saying anything about, you know, her size yeah. to her because yeah. I know how, how, how it affected me. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to project that onto her as well. Awesome. You're the chain. You're the, you're the, the domino that gets taken out and it can't continue. Like that's really cool. That's yeah. Really and cool. even now, like, and I think I've done toot, toot my horn. I think I've done such a good enough job with her, my daughter that like, even though I still have body, you know, issues or well, acceptance issues, like I'll might make a negative comment about myself and my daughter's like, mom, you're not fat. Shut up, mom. Just be quiet. <laughs> Okay. Yes. Yes. I love that. I love that. She's telling you that the words that you're using are important. They yeah. are important and they hold weight. You know what I mean? Like, I love that. I love that. I think oh that's goodness. really cool. I think that's really cool. <laughs> well, oh my goodness. Kayla, I know you have a busy day. Another <laughs> client lined up, you know, beautiful pictures to make. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on this episode of Girl Talk with Miss Yak. Thank you so much. I feel really honored. I just can't thank you enough for having me. Oh, of course. And then for all of those who have the privilege of watching on YouTube, my YouTube channel, you can see there is a little, uh, her website is down there at the bottom, CaitlinScott.com. So go ahead and check her out uh, at our website as well as on Instagram because yeah. she is the bomb.com. Okay. Let me tell you this. All right. And as always, everyone, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye.